On this episode of Hit the Deck. It may not be in sneakers, but the NHL All-Star Game is worth talking and talking and talking about. We were talking about the mascots and, and the All-Star Game. And- right. And they're back to work in Washington, D.C. They don't call it Capitol Hill for nothing. Let's get our feet wet with a caucus on hockey. It's rare that anything on C-SPAN is worth talking about on this podcast. Plus, you win the cup, you put in the work. And Alex Ovechkin's team is devoting a whole month to bringing hockey to anyone and everyone. Ish. It's called Hockey is for Everyone, and they devote the entire month of February to it. Events not open to the general public. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck. And theme. And the home of the brave. Welcome to episode 124 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And why am I so excited this week? Why, you may ask, why, pray tell, am I so juiced up about this podcast? Honestly, I have no idea. I mean, it's it's hopefully a great podcast, but um, I really don't have any legitimate reason to be psyched up about it. So, uh, you know, how's that for some promotion? Yeah. Yeah, here's to an average episode of Hit the Deck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, honestly, I have no idea how this show is going to unfold. So uh, uh, let's get into the show. And the way we start our show is to jump right into our starting lineup. So for tonight's starting lineup, in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey. And of course, my steadfast co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. How are you, pal? I'm doing all right. How about yourself, sir? I'm all right, thanks. I see you finally took off the Dukes jersey. Yeah, I, um, I did reluctantly, but I'm back to my hit the deck jersey, which I also love very much and, and is very near and dear to my heart. So thanks to you, I have a whole wardrobe. So uh, Did it need good a good too. washing? Is that it? Great credit, and, and we've brought this up in the past, too, about how well these Sublimation Kings make their jerseys. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that they, it is true that the material that they make, it doesn't smell or, or maybe doesn't smell as bad as it should if you're wearing it very often and not washing it. But, yeah, it needed to get a, a good washing. But, um, well, scrub-a-dub-dub, baby. But that has nothing to do with the jersey. Know. Ignore yeah, me. Yeah. Just ignore me. It had more to do with its wearer, so and it bounced back beautifully, and it looks just like the day it was when you gave it to me. So good. Uh, I mean, that was great, like great a month stuff. ago. So good. You know, hey, you know what? We, we've talked about jerseys in the past, and and various versions and and materials and things, and you can get stiffed with a poor jersey that beads up a lot, and you put it in the wash once, and it's never the same. It loses its shape, or it maybe even shrinks, or whatever the case is. But sure. uh, Sublimation Kings, they do a great job. The stitching starts to kind of get a little frayed and, and you, right. you start to get those loose threads and like the bumps and the kind of uh, runs in the jersey. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yep. None of that. Good. <laughs> that, that's some that's some good quality jersey there. So I'm happy yeah. to hear it. Yes, sir. So thank you very much. How has your week been, James? Other than, you know, jersey cleaning, which I know, <laughs> laundry aside, how has your week been? Very much enjoyed the All-Star Weekend. Oh, well, how about that? Did you have any yeah. big plans? Uh, no, I just visited my mom and dad and, and hit out there and stayed warm and all that and enjoyed watching the uh, Friday night. I always love the skills competition. That's always a, a great highlight. Mm-hmm. And the game itself or the games themselves, because as everybody knows, the games within the game of the All-Star NHL game was really very enjoyable. The players delivered... The skill level is just outrageous, and and our local guys did really well, too, for the Ranger, Devils, and Islanders fans. Yeah, I think you're jumping the gun a little bit on that uh, all-star talk there, James. Got to save something for the podcast. 
<laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, honestly, though, I, I, did, I didn't catch any of the skills competition except for, you know, highlights that I saw after the fact here and there. I did see a lot of the All-Star game itself. Although the last game, the championship game, I have to say, I just, I didn't, I couldn't make it. It started so late. I just couldn't like, I mean, I know for a lot of people, adults and my wife kind of shakes her head at me all the time, but for most people, you know, 11 o'clock at night is not that late for me. That's like, oh, might as well be the next morning. You know, I, (laughs) I hate staying up that late. So I just, I had a long week and and a long day and I just couldn't, couldn't. So. I was pleased to see that the Metropolitan had taken it all at, at the end of the day. Yes, sir. Understandable. I feel the same way that you do. It's especially with the winter in New York. It's always hard and it sucks the life right out of you. So, right. Anything that goes past 11 o'clock, I'm, I'm with you. I got to tap out. I just don't have the energy for it. But I did stay up and watch the whole game. Oh, good for you. You're one up on me this year. <laughs> well, then I slept late and I didn't have to go. I didn't have to get up early for mass either. So I had to go to the 12. So that it all worked out well. Yeah, I I went to the twelve thirty I think because my daughter was reading. She did like a not not a not a whole reading, but her for Catholic Schools Week. Some children in her school, like uh, one child, one or two child, childs, one or two childs, one or two children from each grade were selected to read a small like paragraph to represent the school. So my daughter was the one from her class to do it. So she was you know. Anyway, that's why I wound up. Nobody needs to know why I wound up at that mass, but that's. I brought it up. It's neither here nor there, really. I guess this is just kind of a backdoor brag of my daughter. But, she had a uh, heck of a weekend, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, she had a game she had to cheerlead at. So it was, you know, it was a full day. And don't forget Friday night. Yes. Friday night. My daughter participated in international night, which was uh, her school does it every year and they have performances. So ostensibly these performances are centered around some kind of cultural thing, like, you know, some aspect of culture from the child's, you know, heritage. But honestly, it's becoming more and more just like a talent show that, that, Kids just perform whatever they want, really. Although my daughter has tried to keep it culturally significant. The first year she did an Italian song. Last year she did something American, like, um, what did she sing? It was, uh, she, it was something from a musical, maybe chorus line one, maybe. Hold on. Wife of mine. Was it one? One? Yes. Okay. My wife is confirming that it was, in fact, one from Chorus Line. She had like a whole glittery gold outfit and top hat. And it was a oh, very I like, yes. I mean, I think if you're going to represent American culture, you know, something like a Broadway musical is quintessentially American heritage. And this year she did something Spanish. So we're, you know, we're making the rounds, culturally speaking. Yeah, and, and she did a fantastic job. Singing and dancing is really tough, and it's something I don't know how anybody does. So to be that young and, and to pull that off so well, and I did find myself singing E2E2 E2 a lot as, as well as uh, <laughs> part of her <laughs> her wonderful performance. So excellent, excellent job for your daughter from the whole weekend, and I'm glad that she enjoyed herself. Yeah, she did. She she performed with a friend this year, her first duet in one of these things. But uh, she was the only one that sang. So that was, yeah, that was pretty special to watch. And I'm glad that she got, you know, I'm glad she had a good time because she worked hard and she earned it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So that was that was our weekend. I don't know what next year is going to bring for her if she's making the rounds culturally because we're a bit of a mix. Or Well, I mean, she more... She more than I, but uh, between my wife and I, she's she's got a lot to choose from. So next year, maybe she can do something from my side, which, uh, like, I don't know. I know my wife wanted her to do an Irish step dance last year, but she decided to go in a different direction. And, you know, uh, I've also got Dutch and uh, Norwegian on my side. So, you know, maybe she can do something Viking. I don't I don't know what that might be, but Scandinavian in some vein. We'll see. That's my vote. Yeah. Uh, you got you got please. I mean, I I do have Mjolnir, so That's right. Yes, exactly. See if we can work that in. You have to. 
But uh, yeah, enough about me and my daughter. How have you been, listener? You can't really tell us, I guess. You could well, you could tell us. We won't hear you because, you know, podcasts are a one-way thing. You could always drop us a line and let us know how you are on, you know, Facebook at Hit The Deck or on Twitter, Hit The Deck Pod, or email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and, and know how you're doing. But, you know, it's just kind of a casual how you doing kind of question there. There's not really an immediate way for you to respond to us. So I guess it's more of a, we're thinking of you, even if we can't directly converse with you. Well, thank you for bringing it up because I owe Superfan Sue another great tap of the stick because immediately when the, and again, we'll get into this in in a few minutes, but when the mascots kicked off the NHL all-star game, of course, Gritty was involved, and as the American Rhino and Superfan Sue pointed out, I got my wish that Gritty fell on the ice one more time. And we will talk about that later, but yeah, see, James, dreams do come true. <laughs> do you believe in miracles? That's right. In a couple of podcasts, we'll be talking about the 39th anniversary of the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so... That's a few podcasts from now, James. Could yeah. I impose upon you, if, if there's nothing else to cover, could I impose upon you to tell us what we're talking about in this podcast, in the On Deck? It would be my honor, sir. Thank you so much. All-Star Afterglow. The NHL really gets the All-Star game right and the 64th edition delivered. Well done, San Jose. Brief Hockey News. The 2019 Congressional Hockey Caucus is set for Wednesday, February 6th. Professor American Rhino will explain more on the meeting's purpose of how hockey empowers children with vital skills needed for future careers. And cup champs are on board! Along with the Hockey Caucus in D.C., the Capitals are devoting the entire month of February to promoting the beautiful sport of hockey. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You are welcome, sir. All-star afterglow. I I see what you did there, and I definitely do have thoughts about that. Well, kick it off, sir. Well, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. First, let's talk a little bit about this All-Star game in a little more detail. And uh, I guess let's just, we'll we'll talk more about what the mascots got up to later in, in the podcast. But just, can you give the people an overview? I know you talked about it in detail last week, but can you give them an overview of what happened mascot-wise this weekend, since that was kind of the through line of the whole All-Star game? Yeah, sure. It, it was fun to watch and, and follow along on uh, on Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook with the mascot stuff. Uh, obviously, they couldn't cram that all in on television, but it was jam-packed. They had a dance-off competition. They played a hockey game, which was phenomenal. There was footage of that, which was put, and you could see all most of this or a lot of it on the nhl.com app if you have it or the nhl.com online and facebook and so on and so forth but Can we uh, link that was that really... on our facebook page because i'm lazy and don't want to search for it and i want to check that out i do remember tweeting we do have a couple of things uh, links on our face i believe the mascots I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure we do have that on our Facebook page as well. I do know that we have the jerseys and stores of that nature and, and the game itself, or at least highlights, but I'm pretty sure that we have the mascots covered on Twitter and Facebook. All right. I'll have to look again. Thank you. Yeah, but uh, but that was, yeah, the, the highlight that I saw anyway, because I'm sure all the fans that were able to see it in person definitely got the, the better of it. But for those of us who weren't able to make it to San Jose, the mascot hockey game was great. And really how these people could skate and play hockey in these crazy costumes is beyond me. I don't know how they could see, how they can keep their balance. And, and, and they were scoring goals. And Superfan Sue would be very happy if she didn't see it. But the NJ Devil scored a goal for the East. And uh, American Rhino, I think you'd appreciate this. The goalies did a pretty good job. But I thought it was really fantastic that the West chose, of course, you know, it was East versus West, the mascots. But the Anaheim Duck was the goalie for the West team, and he did he or she did really, really well. Goldberg, Goldberg. Goldberg was the goalie in the Mighty Ducks, at least yes. in the first one. So uh, I'm doing the Goldberg chant from WCW uh, <laughs> and, and, and referencing Goldberg, the goalie from the Mighty Ducks, who I sincerely doubt was actually in the costume. But anyway. And yeah, and, and he uh, he or she led the West to a 5-3 to three victory, but a legitimate hat trick 
was scored by none other than Sharky himself. Well, good for Sharky and good for the hometown fans. That's that's awesome. But I have to wonder, who do you think was in that Sharky suit? I mean, <laughs> a hat trick for a mascot. You know, even if we kind of accept that these mascots have to be great skaters in order to be able to move around well in those costumes and not make fools of themselves, <clears throat> we, we uh, you know, still, the fact that the hometown mascot kind of, you know, was the, the star and the highlight of the, the game seems a little suspicious to me. So I, I wonder if they stuck a ringer in that costume. <laughs> Maybe it was Eric Carlson or somebody. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it looked legitimate to me, but it, it really worked out well. But I do have to say that the NJ Devil has a wicked wrister. Uh, yeah. Really. Very, very well done. So, Superfan Sue, you should be proud of your mascot. All right. Yeah. Well, good good on you, Sue. Yeah. And uh, so that was the mascots. And like James said, they did some other stuff and they made a weekend of it. Do we know who the MVP of the mascots was? I have to look that up. That's an excellent question. Right. I'd imagine it would be Sharky. Sharky but... sounds like my pick. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, as there was, as you discussed, a whole weekend's worth of events, we can't necessarily assume that. True. That's oh, very who, true. So who did you say was in goal for the East, James? That would be Carlton the Bear, and that is the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs mascot. Okay. So, so two things. One, I am kind of passably familiar with him. Just because I know a number of years ago there was like a, a GIF, an animated GIF going around the internet of him like reacting to, I think, a Toronto goal against where he was standing against the glass and he was he was very upset. He gave, I I would do the arm motion, uh, but obviously you won't be able to see it, listener. So I'll, I'll try and describe it. He was kind of hanging around the glass and Toronto gave up a goal and he did like a really animated, like, oh man, like where you kind of swing your arm in an, in a downward arc, like, you know, from one side to the other with your fist balled up. And I, you know, like, oh, eh, you know what I mean? Just just hear what I'm saying. You can you can kind of you can you can envision the emotion that I'm making. So, yeah, that was that was the thing. And the other thing is, does Carlton do the Carlton dance? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like a no brainer, right? Yeah, you'd imagine so. I don't know if Fresh Prince was big in Toronto, but, uh, you know. Everybody knows the Carlton dance, right? Yes, exactly. A lot of fans do it in, in many arenas, as a matter of fact. Sure. Uh, you know what? If he did, if he does do the Carlton dance, I, I think I, as a Rangers fan, I would be very happy to trade Dancing Larry for Carlton. Ooh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I mentioned this a couple podcasts ago, but my wife took me to a Rangers game about a month ago and unbeknownst to me we were right in the section where dancing larry does his thing so we were just a few rows up from from him in the aisleway doing his if you are not familiar uh listener if you're not familiar with dancing larry he's a fan he's just a rangers fan but for years he's uh come out at, at a like usually i i think it's in the third period they do it but they play like a techno song I don't know the name of it. It's you'd know it if you heard it, but it's like the that dunk 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 yeah dunk 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 yeah yeah. So hey 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 yeah. So he dances to that, and he like he he's ridiculous, and they put him up on the jumbotron, and he's kind of a like a team you know local fan base celebrity so i could i could definitely i would definitely trade carlton the bear for him in a heartbeat you know what um when we were talking about that the rangers are the only nhl team that do not have a mascot maybe no 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 (laughs) please mark messier it is yeah (laughs) uh yeah but dancing larry was not at the all-star game for good reason so uh, what were we even talking about? We were talking about the mascots and, and the all-star game. And right. How, I suppose yeah, Carlton, yeah. Uh, Carlton the game. Right. Yeah. He was the goalie. Yep. Okay. Got it. Got it. I'm, yep. I'm up yep. to speed. Sorry. There yes. You Thank you. But and, uh, yeah, that, that was very, very enjoyable. So for <laughs> yeah. the all-star games themselves, I guess, 
Mm-hmm. Because if you're not familiar, it's three on three now, and each period is its own game. Well, before I, uh, oh, sorry, James, sorry, no. Before we get to the All Star Game itself, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk a little bit about the skills competition, if we could. Yeah, sure. Because I mean, obviously, as you mentioned at the top, the skills competition is always fun every year, even though I didn't see it. As I said, I saw highlights, and I know that our personal, you know, favorite team goalie of the moment, Henrik Lundqvist, put on quite a show in the save competition, the the uh, save streak competition. Exactly right. And uh, we're trying very hard to keep our cool here and, and not be homers. But what the heck? I mean, Lundqvist was fantastic. And I believe last year he had he won this year with 12 saves in a row, which I really enjoy that, too, because I think that they've done a really good job in incorporating the goalies in the all-star competition yeah. where in the past, I don't know if they really knew how to show off the goalies as, as well as they do now. Uh, so that that's a fun new way that they, they do it. And all it is is, and it's tough because you have to face incredible snipers. And this is the best of the best because it's the all-star game. And Lundqvist had his hands full with guys like Stamkos coming at you. And yes, he, he got 12. I, I think you face something like 30 shots or whatever the case is, and it's nonstop. It's also not like warm-ups where guys just stand around and take shots at you from different angles. This exactly. is penalty shots that you're facing. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's like guys trying out their sickest moves on you over and over and over again. Thank you. And perfect way to describe it as only a goalie could. And yes, Hank did a phenomenal job and he made 12 saves in a row because that's the point of it. How many in a row you can make consecutive and and he did it. And uh, uh, I think he needed nine to win, which he got. And then he continued because it has you have to complete the whole set. Mm -hmm. And it ended up with with 12 in a row. So well done. And, and, you know, I I think he was the oldest goalie there. One of the older players as well in the All-Star Games. That was nice to see. And they kind of ribbed him a little bit in the post-game interview. But he he looked fantastic. I got to tell you, and and this is just this is a little bit of tooting our own horn here. And I apologize, especially to Superfan Sue. But the skills competition was not the only time that Hank put on a show. I I had the Rangers-Devils game on here uh, at the beginning of the podcast. It was the third period. And the last few minutes, uh, let's say four or five minutes of the game, Henrik put on a show there, too. He made some ridiculous saves to uh, bring the Rangers to a 4-3 victory. So, yeah, it was uh, he was on his game. He is he's hot right now. So, you know what? That's great to see. Yes, definitely. And what the Rangers need, because I don't know, as we said a few podcasts ago, if they're going to make the postseason. But Lundqvist deserves much better than not making the playoffs. So hopefully we'll see if he gets that silver, which he so well deserves. But uh, one of the elite goalies, his whole career too, which is really phenomenal in any part of history of the NHL. So yeah, although good Lundqvist, guy, great player. Oh, yes, yeah, sir. Sorry. I, defi- I definitely agree. I was just going to say Lundqvist isn't the only one worth talking about from the skills competition, though, because there were some other interesting things that happened. As I said, I only saw highlights, but correct me if I'm wrong, since I haven't watched in a number of years, but it looks like they had new targets this year or new in recent years. Anyway, new newish targets that lit up. Exactly. Yes, that they, they, they've um, I think since they've gone to the three on three format they've mm-hmm. used these and, and again i'm just thinking off the top of my head yeah. but it's very recent and the technology is something that that you and i have spoken about many times on this podcast and the nhl does a great job of that with their all-star game but yes they they light up now they're not like the old foam targets for the the shooting and and the, you have to pass it's it's much more high tech now too for example when the skaters had to pass at targets you only would count for completing a pass if it lit up and you hit the lit target, then it would turn red and meant that you did it. If you hit it when it wasn't lit, it didn't count. So that just made it that much harder. But yes, exactly. This pretty amazing technology with, uh, and, and, and it's all live and, and sometimes things don't go right, but they're there to, to maintain it, fix it and get everything going. And, and the fans really enjoyed the the spectacle and and fun of it and the other thing i wanted to mention from the skills competition was a very impressive performance in the speed skating round by someone who does not play in the nhl yeah that's right american rhino kendall coin was the first skater to participate in the fastest skater competition and she did a fantastic job yeah she's 
on the um, USA national team, right? The women's team? Yes, sir. And uh, we've brought this up many a time of how great those players are and their rivalry with the Canadian women, too. And just really fantastic. They're, there's no difference, you know, men, women, whatever. They're, they're, they're fantastic athletes. Do we know how she did overall? I mean, I, I don't know if her time counted in terms of the competition, but how she compared to the other skaters? Yeah, I know. I'm looking at her time right here. It was 14.3, and they do have the final seconds listed. Just for some context, I know I read something before the skills competition where that morning she had gotten off the plane and come straight to the arena and done it just kind of you know, as a, a warm up, and her time in that warm up would have been, I think, good for third place last year overall. Wow! But uh, yeah, she she did really well. The uh, winner was Connor McDavid with thirteen point four seconds, so wow. thirteen point three seven. Oh, ridiculous! And uh, so so she did. Let's yeah, within the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. She was like top eight or w- within that range. So. All right. Uh, again, yeah, uh, really very impressive. Well done. I guess the men really brought the speed this year. Well, I mean, you know, uh, the, the NHL is these these guys are the best of the best. So oh, sure. If sure. you could, yeah, you, you can compete with, with professionals of the highest level in any way and um, do a great job of that, that. That's saying a lot. So Fun fact, uh, I cannot compete with the professionals at the highest level in any way. No, I can't even fall down in 13.3 seconds. You know? <laughs> Forget oh, about no, just... I've seen you play hockey. You can fall down in 13.3 seconds. Well, yeah, that's true. So that's about the only thing I can do. Well, you've seen me on ice skates, that's too. True. I mean, you've caught me many a time. Yeah, well... You know, James, maybe you should fall a little slower so I have a little more time to react in okay. those cases. Will do. Just work on that, would you? You got it, sir. All right. Thank you. That's, You're welcome. You know, come on. You can't expect me to do everything here. Uh, well, you got to meet me halfway. I'm, I'm used to it. So, you, you know, you take the majority of the responsibility with the podcast and your goalie and, and all that other stuff. So you spoil me. I'm sorry. Did I mention? I did. I mentioned my new equipment last week on the podcast. So I don't have to go over that again. Is there anything else from the skills competition? I mean, you watched it and I know you love it. So was there anything else that happened during the skills competition that's worth mentioning right now? Or should we jump right into the game? Uh, I guess we could jump into the game, but uh, it's always just uh, Claude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should just jump into the rest of the podcast because I could devote the whole podcast to the skills competition. So it's better that uh, we just go over it. something else. All right. Well, please take the lead. <laughs> All right, but yeah, we'll just fast forward to the game itself. Uh, the whole weekend was fantastic, but... And then there was the hockey game itself. So this was pretty cool. Yeah, the, the host team did not make it out of the first round, but still there was uh, many highlight goals and, and great saves to go with that. But the final was between the Metro Division and the Central, and let's go Mets, baby. The uh, Metro Division won 10-5 over the Central. Sidney Crosby had a hat trick, so I, I know that uh, mixed feelings there for some Eastern fans and, and, and Metropolitan Division fans, uh-huh. but I like to see him on, on on the good side, I guess. So I didn't object as, as much as others did, but maybe I have to uh, give back my Rangers fan card at the end of this podcast. But um, Lundquist was phenomenal. He pitched a shutout in his half of the uh, period in the Metro Division uh, in, in the final. So that was even great to see as well. And he even played very well in, in the first game that he participated in. I think he only gave up something like two goals or thereabouts throughout the whole tournament. So uh, really well done for Lundquist, not only with the consecutive saves, but the in-games itself. Yeah, you know, I got to say this about the home crowd there in San Jose. They are rough. Like, I, I did watch the first two games, and by the end of the the first game, which the Pacific lost by quite a large margin, the home crowd was actually booing the Pacific team at the all-star game. Like, I mean, I, I get it. You want to see your guys succeed, but wow. Yeah. I mean, it's not like that they phoned it in or, or just got beaten badly. It's the all-star game and it's only one period you have. So they split it in 
two 10 minute sides but yeah i, I was surprised guy, at that too I, mean, I think sorry i was just gonna say they, they didn't score much but their guy got a goal yeah i mean maybe that's why you know you're pointing the finger that that may have been carlson under the uh, sharky yeah. uniform that so that that's definitely something worth investigating mm-hmm. and finally too for the all-star game the the nhl all-star game hockey players have their hearts in the right place and make a wish foundation is a very great partner of the nhl and there were some highlights you could check out on nhl.com again where you can see some superstars taking time out of their preparation to take care of some Make-A-Wish fans. And and it's really remarkable how generous and kind these hockey players are. And again, for the local fans in the New York tri-state area, Barzell played really well for the Islanders, and, and really he's earned the respect of the NHLers as they all had nothing but great things to say about him and were really impressed by what an amazing player and teammate he is. Palmieri of the Devils as well, and of course our own for the American Rhino and I, Hank, the King did really well himself. Yeah. And the only other thing that I want to address, I know we should move on, but before we do, the only other thing I want to address about this all-star game was the, let's call it production values that they had there in the, (laughs) the (laughs) all-star game. These, these things kind of annoyed me and this we've talked quite a bit about the glow puck from the Fox tracks bygone era that James hated so much and and not just James a lot of people did this wasn't quite as obnoxious but I feel like they really and I get why they do it they want to appeal to casual fans who may not be able to follow the game as well like my mother always said oh I liked that blue puck because it helped me see where the puck was I'm never able to find the puck and you know when when you've watched hockey for any length of time you get used to tracking the puck and In case you missed the All-Star game, what I'm kind of referring to is NBC rolled out this new kind of puck tracking thing, which was very much like the blue puck, uh, except instead of having a glowing dot over the puck, it was a gray trail behind the puck. So it's kind of like if you draw on a computer screen or or like, you know, one of those kind of tablets like magnetic tablets or something where you you draw a line and there's you know the the kind of the gray line behind it but it evaporates as you go on that's basically what the puck was doing at the all-star game so it was cool in a sense because when people stick handled you could kind of see the puck squiggling down the ice it wasn't just a straight line you could see every little dip and bob that the puck did as it was going along the ice but the novelty wore off pretty quick and you know at some point it's distracting. I found it very distracting because I know where the puck is. I'm trying to watch the puck and instead I have to kind of visually filter out this gray line that's just kind of trying to pull focus from where the puck actually is. So I, one, another thing I found very distracting was, and again, I know why they did it, but they put the names and numbers of each of the players like in real time every time there was a line change they would have basically kind of almost word bubbles with the name and number of the players kind of pointing and an arrow pointing at the player in question as they went around the ice and so half the screen was taken up with these captions maybe 30 percent of the time so it was like it was just you know, it was a little hard to follow. That's all. Yeah, I think that's all valid. And, and I agree 100% on everything you said, too. But it's like information overload. And and again, you're right. Uh, we, we, we get what they were doing. And it was a nice way to test it out on the All-Star game and not like the Stanley Cup final or something. But sometimes things work. Sometimes they don't. I totally admit I'm 40 years old and over the hill. And I remember watching sports without the score always constantly up on the board and time and clock and all that stuff. So it's now that everything is instant. So if it works, great. Uh, it didn't really do too well in the ratings either. So I don't know if the experimentation was the reason for it or people just didn't know whatever the case was. But yeah, a little bit too much 
And and I agree. And and as a hockey fan, it's distracting with the way that they have the puck being so pronounced. Any advice I've ever given anybody who was looking to get into hockey or just didn't understand it? I never really look at the puck specifically until there's a shot on goal because I want to see where it's going. But other than that, I'm usually watching the players and if there's a pass or whatever the case is. So with this gray line, yeah, exactly. I was like a kitten watching this this stupid thing going back and forth. And like, what's that? What? What? <laughs> The ice is dirty. What's going on? That's very interesting, actually, James. I think I watch the game in the exact opposite way. Maybe it's because I'm a goalie, but I'm always tracking the puck. I mean, I do look at where the players are, but my primary focus is on the puck. And the only time I pull focus from the puck is when there's a shot, because I know it's moving too quickly for me to really track with how fast these hockey players are able to shoot so I immediately track to the net to see if it goes in or you know if it goes past or what have you so you know it's 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 just kind of very interesting to me how we we seem to be the reverse of one another in that regard yeah that is fascinating I mean I'm not I'm not belittling the way you watch the game I'm not saying there's a wrong way to watch the game I'm just for me it's just it it's not that hard to track the puck. Yeah. It's a black dot on a white surface. It's, you know, by its very design, it is easy to follow. Exactly right. But uh, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. And I guarantee you that they don't need any glowing pucks in Canada. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Hey, question. I didn't see this happen during the All-Star game, but do we know if the puck warms up past a certain point, does the gray trail turn purple? <laughs> Very good question. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all night at this rate, frankly. <laughs> but uh, serious, more serious question. Didn't we talk something about how they were kind of not reintroducing, but modifying that kind of glow puck technology a while back on the podcast? I don't remember what episode it was, but I do remember we talked about something like that. Do we know if this was the implementation of that technology? I can't say either way, but that would would make sense and, and would lead into that. But I don't know. I think the episode in question was called The Glow is Back or something to that effect. So it, yeah, I don't know. I can't give you an episode number. I, I really can't off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, that, that, that would be something interesting to go back and look into. So maybe we will have to do that or... Maybe one of our wonderful listeners can tell us for us. I would hope somebody pays more attention to what comes out of our mouths than I do. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah, I don't know why they would, but <laughs> it is it is you know a, a conceit of mine to think that people are actually listening for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that that's that's all that's all I had for the All Star Game. I think. Okay, so let's move on to DC. Okay. Uh, sorry, is, I know that, uh, that's that's not a, that's kind of a lame transition. Okay, <laughs> whatever you say, pal. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you it's your topic, so I, you should take it. It's not my t- I, like I mentioned it because I saw it in an article, like or randomly or a tweet. I it's you've done all the actual research on it. Yeah, but I wouldn't have known about it. So honestly, please. All right. When it uh, comes to informing our listeners, that's that's what I rely on you for. Oh boy. <laughs> so yeah, so let's uh let's go on to DC and get our feet wet with a caucus on hockey. Yeah, I mean, it's rare that anything on C-SPAN is worth talking about on this podcast, but this uh this might well be. I don't know if it's going to be televised on C-SPAN or C-SPAN 2 or C-SPAN 8, the Ocho. I uh I, I don't know, you know, I have no idea. I believe that's you- a dodgeball reference. My my uh, Rob, you know, from the LIQ, Rob, there was a period of time where he and uh, some other members of our family would watch dodgeball pretty much on a weekly basis, the, mo- the movie Dodgeball. And there was a reference in there to ESPN 8, The Ocho. So that's a really long walk for a joke that really wasn't worth it. But uh, now that I've explained it, Let's proceed. Okay, so yes, the 2019 Hockey Day will be held on February 6th, 
So uh, the recording of this podcast, that's next week. And the point of it is to show how hockey supports increased interest in access to science, technology, engineering, and math, otherwise known as STEM, and that fuels a career exploration specifically for fifth to eighth grade students and something for them to focus on and, and to grow into. And it's really important, too, because as we talked about in the past, to become a professional at anything it's good to get that passion at a young age and harness those skills and devote your life to it. And then, you know, you get your quote unquote 10,000 hours or whatever it is. And by the time you're in your 20s or so, hopefully there's opportunities for you and you're a professional. So this is just a great way to marry sports with real life and uh, devoting yourself to something and making a living. So there are many ways to do that and many opportunities to do so. So hockey is at the the fore of that, and it should be. And they really put a lot of uh, work and effort into it. Yeah, and this is a bipartisan commission that is, you know, making up the caucus. So I assume that's going to be what? Caps fans and Penguins fans? It's actually, yeah, they have a list. Uh, there's an article that was posted in the, uh, of course, NHL.com. So there are congressmen and obviously representatives from the NHL and big shots over there. So uh, speakers uh, from all walks of life, including the NHL, too, and higher ups and executives. So exactly. It's something that I think we can all agree on. And it doesn't matter what side of the, well, don't want to use that reference. I was going to say what side of the fence you're on, but you know, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is something that we're treading lightly here. It's not a political show, but it's all good and, and beneficial. And I think it's something we can all agree on and, and especially for the benefit of children too. Yeah. And so there is going to be this hearing, I guess, this caucus where they're going to discuss all this stuff. And then after the caucus, well, the, the kind of the official congressional briefing occurs, there's going to be an interactive future goals demonstration in the, uh, the Rayburn foyer, which I guess is like the, the big lobby area of the congressional building. And so I'm not sure what that actually entails, but there's going to be some Caps players there, some NHL alumni, including Willie O'Ree and Pat LaFontaine, and some mascots like uh, the, the New Jersey Devil, who James praised earlier as having a wicked wrister, and uh, the, the Caps mascot, who I didn't know was a, an eagle named Slapshot, which, I mean, you know... I don't know if the eagle wears funny glasses like the Hanson brothers or, uh, you know, smokes and, and is rowdy and, uh, you know, uh, no, no. Okay. Just, okay. So just, just the name then. Okay. And another, another mascot who's also going to be there from our local area, uh, the, 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 what we would, um, I mean, <clears throat> consider the, the, the local area, local to New York. I, I think that somewhere from the Pennsylvania region, he's 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 a mascot from a team in, in that location. I don't think it's Pittsburgh. I think it's it's another a different team from Pennsylvania. He's he's also going to be there. That guy. I admire his bravery because he, he may be treading on areas that uh, he could be put away for life. So. Very brave of you, Gritty. Yes, it's Gritty. Of course it's Gritty. Gritty's going to be there. For for some reason, Gritty <laughs> is going to be in Washington for, yeah. for these proceedings. So, like, I mean, if if we do wind up with another government shutdown, now you will know why. There you go. Mr. Gritty goes to Washington. Yeah, really. Yeah, and, and again, as we were saying before, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Well, hopefully there'll be highlights of what that's all about. And yeah, exactly. Heavy hitters like Pat LaFontaine and Willie O'Ree, that, that, that's phenomenal. So very, very cool. As, as you said, other Capitals and NHL alumni as well. And yeah, the point of, of the whole thing is that it's an opportunity for members and congressional staff to learn the value that hockey brings to youth, to families, and to communities. The NHL and NHLPA do that very well. They leverage hockey to build healthy and vibrant communities. We've talked about that many a time on this podcast because it's commendable and it's fantastic and it's very generous and sincere. 
for the NHL and their local teams and areas that they play for. There's a future goals program that reinforces STEM, combining the real world with the game of hockey, which encourages students to continue to look into these careers for the future. The NHL and NHL Players Association provides the resources to all these schools across the country at no cost, by the way. And uh, it has worked to, quote unquote, upskill over 2 million students since 2014 across the U.S. Seems like that's what's being demonstrated at this event where the mascots and the caps and what have you will be. So I guess they I, I, I don't know for sure, but it sounds like they're going to kind of walk them through what the program is like and, and give them kind of a hands on, uh, you know, this this is what you can expect. You know, we've talked about it. Now, this is what people actually experience with this program. Yeah. And again, it's for, I guess, as we've said before, for the casual NHL fans or maybe casual sports fans in general and to put the spotlight on the NHL. And uh, it should because they've even changed the rules to benefit you know there's not as much fighting anymore and the high sticking and all that crazy stuff is all really taken care of it's not the 50s or even the 90s with the the goons and and so on and so forth that uh the tough 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 league it's still extremely tough but uh there's not the wwe quality of it where uh, you're looking for a fight every night or or that old lame joke i went to a fight and the hockey game broke out you know stupid yes. stuff like that yeah all right and I, I i don't know if it's directly part of this but i Imagine it is probably in some way related. So the Capitals are actually kind of expanding on this idea of I'm sweeping out my arm in front of me as if you can see that and understand what I'm trying to put across. The Capitals are, are trying to build on this idea of getting hockey out there and I guess creating public good public relations for the game and what have you by putting together a, a program series of events which are designed to promote the game of hockey absolutely right american rhino and it's called hockey is for everyone and they devote the entire month of february to it and it's been done for over 20 years too which is pretty interesting and to me february is a very special month in my family because it's my nieces and mother's birthdays are in the month of february as a matter of fact february 7th when uh, we will hopefully be recording next edition of hit the deck will be my niece's birthday. Uh, and then later on on the 24th will be my mom's. But, uh, and, and also, as we said before, that's the anniversary of the U.S. Olympic team, the 1980 gold medal winning team. So a lot of good stuff going on in February and, and the Capitals are right in the middle of it. And they have something planned for pretty much every night of the month for various things, for charities and uh, events and for fans and, and all this great stuff. So uh, we'll have a link to this as well. And we've quoted an article by Barbara Banks, which spells everything out, too, of what they're looking to do. And uh, it starts on February 2nd. And then uh, another highlight is February 4th. They have the Women's National Hockey Team Workshop that they uh, will, will coincide with. There's also something called Hockey in Heels on February 4th, which is designed specifically for the Capitals female audience and uh, keeping them interested. There's a lot of female hockey fans anyway, so I think it goes hand in hand. And it's really nice that they reach out and embrace that and uh, really emphasize that hockey is for everyone and not just for a certain sports fan or whatever. It's hockey is for everyone. Yeah, I, I will. I will say that though i think one thing is very ironic or at least humorous and that is that they have a month's worth of these events and the the theme of the whole month this kind of outreach program of of trying to draw in all the different groups and trying to kind of target and bring out the specific levels of interest in, in different people and relate that back to hockey this whole program the theme is hockey is for everyone. And then right at the end of the program listing, it says events not open to the general public. <laughs> so hockey is for everyone, except almost everyone. Oh, boy. I mean, I just I, I think that could have been a little better thought out is all. A little bit. But uh, getting back to the, sends the wrong message, I think. Yeah. Uh, good old loopholes and and. um crazy insincere red tape i don't know <laughs> i mean they might as well they might as well call the event hockey is for everyone and in parentheses not you <laughs> yeah exactly but uh for the sum that it's it's for <laughs> they, they have more fun stuff uh, february 5th is hockey is for everyone night 
at the Capital One Arena. There's uh, Hockey Day on the Hill, which we just talked about on February 6th. And then that Hockey Challenge, which uh, Gary was talking about before as well, after the hearing. And that's in its 11th year. And it's a charity hockey game that pits lawmakers, administration officials, and congressional staff against lobbyists from a variety of industries and interests. And uh, how would you like to be a referee in that game? <laughs> Telling those guys, hey, you're off sides or you probably find yourself up the river pretty soon. <laughs> the IRS breathing down your neck or whatever the case is. To quote every politician ever, no comment. There you go. And that is to benefit the Fort DuPont Ice Hockey Club, USA Warriors Hockey, and Capital Beltway Warriors as well as other hockey-related charities. February 7th, my niece's birthday, is Military Night at Capital One Arena, and that is to honor service members. And 100% of an auction that goes during that night is going towards the United Heroes League and Tragedy Assistant Program for Survivors, otherwise known as TAPS. So that's a really beautiful touch there. Going to February 11th, there's the Ever Five Future Goals field trip where 200 students will participate in that. And then for the rest of the month, you have hockey clinics, you have USA Warriors, the American Legacy Black Hockey History Tour, which is pretty interesting. That's a traveling museum featuring the history of black players and in, in, in hockey. And then February 26th is Black History Night, obviously, because February is also Black History Month. Uh, I am going to cynically assume that that is why Willie O'Ree is one of the representatives that's going to be at the congressional hearings. Yeah, but at least recently, recent NHL Hall of Famer, Willie O'Ree, which that has a nice touch with it. And, and as we're recording this podcast, by the way, it would have been the great Jackie Robinson's 100th birthday. So January 31st is a special day in Brooklyn Dodger fans' hearts. And I think every sports fan heart as well. So uh, God bless you, Jackie Robinson. Sure, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I... I... I guess it's probably time to wrap up this podcast. And before we do, we would be remiss if we were not to finish out with our favorite recurring segment, yours and mine. Yes, of course, it is This Week in Gritty. This Week in Gritty. So, oh boy. Well, you know part of what Gritty has been up to this week. We talked about the All-Star Game before, obviously, and a big part of Gritty's week was, in fact, the All-Star Game. So the thing that, I guess, to kick off Gritty's All-Star Weekend, you know, you might think, oh, well, he's he, he, he did a meet and greet with the fans. He did the rounds. He, he did a press conference where he didn't say anything. You know, <laughs> typical Gritty, well, typical Gritty stuff. Honestly, if we're talking about typical Gritty stuff, you can't talk about gritty and not talk about assault because those two words are synonymous. So one thing that gritty did was on the red carpet. I didn't even know there was a red carpet for the all-star game, but on the red carpet, there was an incident where gritty was kind of just walking down the red carpet, carrying a tray full of water bottles. Now, just an aside, I don't know where he was going or who these water bottles were for. My head cannon is that I like to think that being the new guy, he was being hazed by the other mascots and they made him get them water. So in, in my head, that's what happened. So anyway, Gritty's on his way to deliver this water to the other mascots in my head cannon. Let's just say that, you know, in the absence of fact, let's just make wild accusations. So he's on his way to do that. And he, he suddenly stops and his eyes, you know, he does like a double take and does one of those like Ooga things, drops the water bottle and then kind of prances over to who does he see signing autographs? But his buddy Claude Giroux, who he goes up behind and wraps in a big bear hug and starts like swinging him around. So you're never safe. You can't you literally can't turn your back on Gritty. No. even even his even his closest friends and it seems like from gritty's social media claude Giroux may actually be his only friend so <laughs> e even even your only friend cannot close his eyes or turn his back on gritty without being molested in some way by the large orange menace and like you mentioned too, the san jose fans they booed him they booed Gritty. Good for them. I know this may be an unpopular opinion, but good for them. 
I mean, actually, there is history, though. We covered this on a previous segment of This Week in Gritty when uh, Gritty was talking some smack to the San Jose fan base before a Flyers-Sharks game. So, you know what? I'd say that's some earned booze. I'd say those booze were earned. No question. Definitely. Oh, this is not this week, but this is something that I discovered recently and neglected to mention previously. We talked a few weeks ago about Gritty's funny belly button. Apparently, I mentioned that his hands squeak. Apparently, his belly button also squeaks when you oh. squeeze it. So, I, I don't... Uh, Gritty is just anatomically bizarre. He's bizarre in many ways, but, you know, also anatomically among them. Uh, the, I don't understand the Don't Don't try. That, but, don't okay. try. You'll hurt yourself. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that, that was the beginning of Gritty's weekend. We, we talked about some of the other mascot stuff, and Gritty was involved in uh, the, the mascot game, I believe. But another highlight of Gritty's weekend was we talked about the speed skating competition, but Kendall Coyne was not actually the first being to make a round of the ice in the speed skating competition. The demonstrator for the competition was none other than Gritty, and he did his loop of the ice, and then he, in gritty fashion, he decided at the end to ham it up. And in the final stretch, he kind of went to a crouch, like a crouched glide, and then fell over sideways. <laughs> and and uh, just kind of was splayed out, sliding across the ice. And I will say, Gritty embraces his lack of coordination because he, he ended it by turning it into a somewhat obnoxious, I don't even know how to describe it, like like he was relaxing on the ice, like he meant to do it. And uh, I, 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 don't, I don't even, you know... Like he was on a lounge chair or something or, uh, uh, you know, propped up on one elbow. I, I don't even I gritty. Anyway, that was what we were discussing at the beginning of the podcast, by the way, when we talked about how James got his wish when gritty fell. That was the moment. This is the moment. That's what what is that from? Uh, Phantom of the Opera, I think, or, or possibly Jekyll and Hyde. I'm not good with with Broadway. Uh, really? Jekyll, my wife is telling me it is, in fact, Jekyll and Hyde. So, uh, which, uh, I mean, you know, if you're talking about a, a horrifying monster, that is actually kind of appropriate for Gritty. So, yes. And, and thanks to Superfan Sue, you can see the actual picture of Gritty in that position on our Facebook page, which she posted immediately. So thank you very much. Yes. Thank you, Sue. And finally, this is not something that gritty specifically did but it is gritty related he has claimed another victim and by that i mean another flyers goalie has opted to have a mask designed around gritty and uh, that that is the third flyers goalie if you're keeping track that now has gritty on his mask uh, this is anthony stolars and this mask is legit. This was a mask designed by Dave Art, who does a lot of NHL goalie masks, including Henrik Lundqvist. He, you know, if you see a, a really sweet looking mask, it was probably Dave. So, you know, th this isn't like some guy working out of his garage. You know, this is like, this is the real deal. And uh, it, it's somewhat terrifying. The design of this mask is basically, it, it's made to look like Gritty's head is bursting out of the top of the mask. <laughs> which is, I mean, just, you know what? It's probably going to be distracting, so he might save a couple of goals that way. And, you know, in terms of psychological warfare, good on you, I guess. It's, it's a, you know, as good a leg up as any. But, I mean, I wouldn't want to have Gritty engulfing my head. If, you know, <laughs> regardless of how many goals I thought it would save, that's just asking for trouble. And I, I really, I think that's going to do it. I think that has been This Week in Gritty. This Week in Gritty. And that's coincidentally also going to do it for this podcast. How about that? Pops, <laughs> take it away. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, sir. So that being the case, I would like to thank you, Pops, for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to Anthony Sajazi for music. Thank you to the LIQ for sound effects. You, of course, dear listener, for listening to this podcast. I would welcome you to contact us if there's anything that you think we should know or anything you want to tell us, as Superfan Sue did, just for example, by letting us know about Gritty right away. 
you can do as she did and drop us a line on our Facebook page, which is at Hit the Deck. We are the same on Instagram. We can be found at Hit the Deck Pod on Twitter and email is hit the deck at gmail.com and of course we would always encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a minute a second even of the nonsense it can be delivered straight to you just as soon as it gets released so you know feel free to do that on podbean or itunes or stitcher or any number of outlets and of course we would encourage you to subscribe to our youtube channel because just because. All that being said, James, is there anything else that you'd care to add here at the end? Yes, sir. Please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Charlotte Street Hockey League, the Raleigh Street Hockey League, and VAR Hockey League, as well as our own LIQ. All right. Thank you, James. So that being the case, I would like to end, as I always do, in the traditional manner, and that is namely to say to you, dear listener, that whether you are among the elite of your peers or whether Whether you are up among the elite of the logjam of our political system, whether you are preparing a program of hockey for the masses, but not really, or whether you are being hazed by your fellow mascots, regardless of what you happen to be doing, I would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Where are you, Google? Great googly moogly. Indeed. Bing a ding ding, baby. Okay. <laughs> I think I've covered all the relevant browsers. Yeah. I'll get it. <laughs>